You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our senior pastor, Jeremy Havlin. Man, worship is awesome tonight, and we're not done yet. And so I wanna share something that's been on my heart with you guys, some of the things the Lord's been sharing with me. As we dive in tonight, uh, this is a simple message. Actually, honestly, I just wanna talk to you kind of like a staff meeting. I'm gonna share with you a little bit of, of what I've shared with our staff as we head into 2023. And so it's less of a message and kind of more of just me talking to you. But having said that, I'm guessing a lot of people, it is Wednesday, it's midweek, you brought with you whatever stuff you were dealing with, office-wise, family-wise, kids-wise, and I hope that regardless of how tired you might be or how maybe you barely made it to church tonight, my prayer is that God is gonna speak something to you and energize you. Towards the end of last year, I just had a great sense that overall a lot of people are weary and a lot of people are tired. And the world around us has been changing at a, at a really fast, unprecedented rate and it can make us exhausted. And tiredness is just kind of everywhere. One of the reasons why I believe that we can find ourselves really tired is because I believe we have a tendency to lean on the wrong things. And so tonight, my prayer is this. I wanna acknowledge that there's tiredness. I wanna acknowledge that there's weariness. But it's 2023, and my prayer is that we're gonna hit the reset button on this year. Now, whatever stuff happened last year, whatever exhaustion, it doesn't mean that life isn't challenging. It doesn't mean that life is not difficult. But my prayer is that tonight we're looking at a new year and I'm here to tell you something. Our God is able and he's enough. And I wanna hit the reset button and I wanna actually challenge and encourage you. So having said that, here's the really short title to my message. And it's simply this. Uh, how to thrive and not just survive by becoming a fully devoted follower of Christ. And I have 35 points I'm gonna share with you guys. We're gonna get back to worship, don't worry. I'm not gonna actually be up here too long. I want you to hit the reset button. I, I wanna hit the reset button. The enemy wants us to stay tired because as long as we're tired, we're not gonna be able to engage in the fullness of what God has for us. As long as we're distracted, we're not gonna be able to walk in the things that God has for us. And I believe that God has some significant things for everybody in this room. And so I wanna actually start off this way. The title of the message is pretty simple. How to thrive and not just survive. But I wanna start off this way. Here's a very simple thought and yet it's also a really profound thought, ready? You will never change the way you live until you change the way you think. If you're actually gonna be a follower of Jesus, in order to actually be a follower of Christ, something has to change in your thought processes. Something has to change in how you look and examine the world and how you make decisions about your life. And let me just make very clearly something important. Again, this is more of me talking to you. Being a mature Christian is not about how much information you can hold. There's a lot of professors in college that can quote the Bible front and back and they are far from God. So being a mature believer, a mature follower of Jesus is not information based. That's why, by the way, you can have Christians who've gone to church for 50 years and are mean as snot. I know that's none of us in this room because we're holy and we're spiritual and we tip well on Sundays when we go out to eat as a family. But can we be honest for a second? Some of the meanest Christians have been in church their entire life. And if you change the carpet color, they will tell you that damnation is gonna follow that. Can we be real for a second? 
So it's not, spiritual maturity is not the information that we have. Another thing, and I wanna be very clear about this too, and I think this is a major issue in the American church, spiritual maturity is also not a good moral person. We think that as long as someone is a good moral individual and they happen to believe in Jesus that they're spiritually mature. I'm here to tell you something. It's good that you're a good moral person, but you don't get to heaven on your morals. You get to heaven on the grace of God. Spiritual maturity is all about how you follow Jesus, which is why it's beautiful. You can have someone that got saved in prison for committing some incredible crimes and they draw close to Christ and they follow after him and God does incredible th things through them. Not because it's information-based and it's not, listen, it's not being just a good moral person. Being a Christian is actually not just being a nice Ned Flanders from Simpsons. That's not the height of Christianity. It's moving from death to life and being a follower of Christ. And in that process, for all of us in this room, all of us, somewhere if you encounter Jesus, Jesus loves you, but he's not gonna leave you the way you are. He is going to challenge the way you think. And if you think, all of us have had experiences in the world, if the world has the solutions, then it seems like the world would be working. And yet when you look in the world, it seems like it's broken as all get out. So maybe we should pause for a second and look at this Jesus and say, how you want us to live our life maybe should impact this, and I'm here to tell you. In this series, First Things First, that we're doing, it's about thinking and putting the first things first in your life so that it can actually impact you. Does it mean that life is easier? Not necessarily, but it means that you can have the right things placed in your life. And again, you're never gonna live the right life if you don't change the way you think, if you don't have the right thoughts. So having said that, here's a verse that's gonna sound super spiritual. Ready, here it is, and it is super spiritual. Philippians 4, this is the Amplified. It says this, Paul writes to the Philippian church, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, take pleasure in him. Again, I say rejoice. Doesn't that sound beautiful? I mean, you could actually stencil that on a coffee cup. You can put that on a sign in your house. You can go to Hobby Lobby. They have a million of them right there. It is a beautiful sign. And yet, I'm here to tell you something. This is a hard verse to live up to. Because just today, you were not rejoicing. Just today, you were like, what the crap am I facing? When my wife and I moved to Nicaragua, all the way back in 2009, Nicaragua is a country in Central America, and my wife and I were going there to launch a missions organization. The month that we moved there, we got pregnant with our first kid, we're launching a missions organization, and we lived in the capital city of Managua that happens to be the third hottest capital city in the world. So there's two seasons, hot and hotter. Actually, there's two seasons, wet and dry, and when it's wet and hot, it's the most miserable experience ever. In my first year living in Nicaragua, we had an old Honda CRV. I had 13 flat tires in one year. The worst flat tire I had was in the middle of ridiculous rush hour traffic, and the tire gets flat, and I pull over to the side of the road. It's 110 degrees outside. It was so hot that the, the, the interior part was smoking. I thought my, my car caught on fire. And I, I'm literally on the side, and by the way, driving in Nicaragua is like Mario Kart. You need to have a leader shell, you need to have a banana, you wanna really have a star because it's ridiculous over there. And I'm not even playing around. And if you, anyway, okay. I do have road rage issues. The Lord has been working on my heart. I'm here to tell you something. Do you know how hard it is to rejoice always in 110 degree heat when you're changing your fifth flat tire of the year? Can we be real for a second? 
So it sounds nice, it's stenciled, it's beautiful. Yes, rejoice. And then he says, and again, I say rejoice. And we're like, whoa, that's so good. Except it's hard to do. And yet in this, what I wanna actually talk about is if we're followers of Jesus, you can actually get to the place in your life. I'm still on this journey to wanna get to this place where no matter what you face, you can declare what Paul declared, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. By the way, do you know where Paul's writing the letter to the Philippians? It's not from the Four Seasons Hotel. It's not out at Disney World, an all-inclusive package. I'm here to tell you something. He wrote that passage of scripture from sitting in jail. So he declares to us something that all of us can actually have. We can rejoice and rejoice, okay? So having said that, I wanna actually share something with you. And this is super, this is, do you like our technology at Renovation Church? I want you to know we are big time in this place. So, yes, can you guys, I wanna make sure that everyone, no one is left out. So, are we good? Corner, we good? No? Corner? Oh, okay, no. Hold on, is that better? (laughs) Everything's fine, don't worry about it. Are we good? No. Oh, hey, Joe Cuyar, everybody. All right, yeah, that's wonderful. Okay. You have... Y'all are gonna wait for this fall, huh? All right. As soon as I touch this with a marker, it's going down. Um, you have four kinds of people when it comes to Christianity. And I'm gonna, let's see, hold on. We're gonna do the. You have four kinds of people. This is a very simple thing, but, but it's gonna matter to all of us in this room. You have people who are exploring who are not sure what they believe yet. And so they find themselves in church. In fact, there might be a couple tonight. Like, you think you believe, but you're not 100% sure. You're exploring. And then, the cross is here, because once you make a decision to want to follow Jesus, something transforms in your life. You become a new believer. So you are a new Christian. And then as you do the Christian thing, you're challenged to grow in the Lord, And then eventually, as you spend time growing in the Lord, you become a mature believer. And Paul talks often about running a race. In other words, your life should be moving in a specific direction. No one should be standing still. No one should be static. The goal of hopefully church is this, is that I would love for our church to be filled with people who are exploring, full of people who are new, but I don't want just the new and exploring, I want everybody, and what I really want is for anybody who becomes a new believer to know how to become a mature Christian, because the best part of the gospel is actually unlocked right here. When you become a mature Christian, that way you can say what Paul says, rejoice, again I say rejoice. And so how we get to this thing actually matters. Exploring people are just trying to figure it out, and which is awesome, and they're always welcome at church, and we're so thankful they're here. New believers are like, wow, I just gave my life to Christ, and he's transforming me. Growing people are those who are discovering what it means to follow Jesus, and mature people are those who walk with the Lord. Now, there's two words that you know, Savior and Lord. 
And those who are mature in their walk with Christ don't just see, and these two right here are Savior. They see Jesus as Savior. Rescue me from my sins. The people who actually have been spending time with the Lord, and it doesn't matter how long, a lot of people can come and recognize God's Lordship early on in their faith, and they can be spiritually mature, because spiritual maturity is not moral goodness, and spiritual maturity isn't just the information that you have. It's being able to actually walk in, in the obedience so that God can be Lord of your life. This is the path and the journey that all of us are on. We're somewhere in this. You might be here, you might be here, you might be here. Some of you might be here. Some of you might have been here and then you're like, I'm gonna take a step back for a second. You're somewhere in this journey. And as I was talking to our staff, one of the things that I, I hope is that in 2023, us as a church, two locations, two churches, two places committing to following Jesus is that we would find ourselves as mature people who wanna follow Christ. Now, let me give you some signs of maturity, ready? There's more than this, but I wanna give you a couple signs of maturity. These will tell you whether or not you're at a place where you're mature. Number one is this, real quick. A mature follower of Jesus is someone who surrenders everything over to the Lord. He is, he is everything. You don't hold on to anything tightly. You're willing to say, God, by the way, this is a journey of relinquishing control of your life. And the maturest people are those who have relinquished everything over to the Lord. Let me give you another way of saying Savior and Lord, ready? He's the Lamb of God, he gave his life for us, but he's not just the Lamb, you know what he is? He's also the Lion. And I have something to tell you, the Lion doesn't share with anything or anyone. And so as we draw close to God, we get a chance to see this. And a surrendered person who is mature, guess what that surrendered person who's mature does? They say, God, here is my life, ready? Here is everything that I have and everything that I am. And the most content people I have ever met in my life are in this category. The people who change the world are in this category. The people who have peace are in this category. Not because they're better than anybody else, but because they've surrendered so much over to God that they've realized that, listen, they're not in control anyway. And my hope is, again, that regardless of where you are, that you would be on a path to maturity. So surrendering. Here's another one, ready? A mature person asks, can ask for forgiveness. Admit where you've gone wrong. I can meet a mature Christian when they acknowledge, wait a second, you know I messed up. Will you forgive me? In our world today, we don't do this enough. But a mature believer is gonna immediately say, listen, I, I, I messed this up. Will you forgive me? Let, let me give you one more real quick. A mature person will forgive easily. Let me give you a definition of forgiveness that's helped me giving up your right to get even. We live very offended lives. We're very offended by everything. If we don't like it, we move on to the other thing and we tell someone if they're offended, can I just tell you if you're a follower of Christ, if he's Lord of your life, he doesn't say forgive if you want to. He says forgive unequivocally and if you don't forgive, I won't forgive you. Forgiveness is not a suggestion it's God's mandate on our lives. And a mature believer is gonna be able to do this. Now the reason I tell you all this stuff is because I think sometimes we're so tired because we've been leaning on the wrong things and I want you to start leaning on the right things because God has a plan. This year is gonna be great. Not easy, but great and God can have good things. The question is this, how? How do we do this? How do we get to a place where we can have maturity? Ready? One very simple word is this. The faith that we have. The Bible says in Hebrews that without faith it's impossible to please God. How do we move on this line towards maturity? Well, by having faith. Now, I grew up in the charismatic church. I've seen all kinds of different church services. Who grew up in the charismatic church? Anyone? My brothers and sisters? Ooh, more than I thought. Oh, I'm gonna get my oil out and start spraying y'all and stuff. Get a streamer out, a little tambourine. It's gonna be awesome. 
No? My, my reformed people are like, we don't do that in church. That is unholy. And my Baptists are in a committee right now deciding about whether, anyway, all right. Come on. So, all right, where will I have anywhere? Okay, all right. Which for where am I right now? I probably should. Oh yeah, faith. Thank you. Somebody, someone's listening. Thank you. So this is this is very simple. I've grown up in all kinds of church environments. Faith is not wishing upon a star. Faith is not pretending that everything was okay. Sometimes we think that if we don't have enough faith, God's not gonna act, and we think it's how big our faith is that's actually gonna move God. It's like a barter system in our minds. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, God, I'm having the faith, I'm having the faith, I'm having the faith. The power of God, I'm telling you, wants to work in all of us, and it is not the greatness of our faith, it is actually the greatness of God that changes things. Our faith can be as small as a mustard seed, and if we have that small of faith, we can say to that mountain, move and move. So how do we move from one to the other? This is what faith is. Faith is trusting that God is good no matter what you see in front of you. If you can be someone that trusts that God is good regardless of what you see, regardless of what you have in front of you, regardless of how tired you are, regardless of how jacked up your day is, regardless of your employees that you're dealing with or your family members, if you can hold on to the core of your soul in the thought processes that you carry in your mind, God, my God is good. If you can hold on to that thought, that's faith. How does our faith grow? Let me give you a quick little Bible verse, ready? This is uh, from, uh, actually a really, really cool verse, and it's in my, (laughs) there we go. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. How does our faith grow? Because we hear the word of God. That's how our faith can grow. If you're feeling like, well, I'm not sure how my faith can grow. I say all of that to say this, to get this, and we're gonna look at a story and then we're gonna be done. God wants you in 2023 to have the faith to trust him that he is good. I've said this before. We want God to prove that he's good so that we can trust him. We expect God to show us that he's good so we can trust him. That's not how God operates. We walk by faith and not by. We declare as believers tonight that despite what we see, he is good. And if you can hold on to that, and slowly get to the place. And every decision as you grow, as you relinquish parts of your life, as you say, you know what, I may not be in control of the weather, I may not be in control of the climate, I may not be in control of the economy, I'm not in control of all these things, but I can trust that God is good, you will begin to relinquish more of your life over to a God because he's enough. So we relinquish this over to him. Now how does our faith grow? Because we hear God's word and it's enough. So let me give you an example of my life real quick. My mom is a missionary, she started House of Hope Actually, both churches. We have 17 people from Renovation Church, both Simpsonville and Greville, going to Honduras in February. How awesome is that, by the way? My mom, though, flew out Monday, I think Monday, Friday. She flew out Friday to go to, to Nicaragua, and she has a medical team coming in. And to Nicaragua, it's one of the first medical teams that's come to Nicaragua in, in many years. And Nicaragua's going through a tremendous amount of change in the country, in which it's very hard to get in and out of that country. And as the medical team is coming, my mom packed a ton of prenatal vitamins that were given to her so she can give out to the people of Nicaragua, to the kids and to the families so that they can increase their health because Nicaragua is in a difficult place right now. And as she showed up at the airport, she got escorted into a private room and she got interrogated for multiple hours in which the government, she almost got into a lot of trouble. They confiscated all of her stuff. It was a scary moment for her. She wasn't sure what was gonna happen. And they ended up letting her go. 
but they took all of her prenatal vitamins and then they told her that the medical team coming from the US, that when they get to Nicaragua, they can't bring their own medicine, that they have to buy all the medicine in Nicaragua. Problem is, is that it's hard to buy medicine in Nicaragua. So here my mom is and she's facing all this stuff and she's arriving and she has a medical team full of doctors from the US coming and I get an email from my mom on Tuesday morning and this is just what the email said. She's doing her devotional and praising God and she just basically said, she sent us a snapshot of the devotional that she's doing and she was praying for my kids, for her grandkids and in this snapshot, I just think this is beautiful, she said this as she was talking about God and him working and moving and he's just talking about our kids. She says, we must fill our children with light so they can discern what's dark. We need to help them to cultivate a life of peace so that they can recognize discord. We need to educate them on what's right so that what's wrong has glaring contrast. And I just kept on and on. Here you have a woman who spent hours being interrogated and medicine being taken from her all while she is serving God. By the way, House of Hope, where she's living right now, is not a fun place to live. The rats have chewed through the walls. The oven broke because a lizard died inside of it when they caught fire. And she sends an email saying, hey, let's tell our kids about the light of God and if we can bring them up in the right way, then they will know what darkness is. Do you know what kind of person that is? A mature person. And so when I say this, I'm looking you, look at me in the eyeballs. You need to grow up. You need to move from milk to meat. You need to move from leaning on your own understanding and your own strength to more because we have a God who is greater. The reason why we're so tired, the reason why we're exhausted is because we only think of ourselves and we only lean on ourselves and we only look to ourselves. But the God that I serve is greater and he is enough. And he says rejoice, again I say rejoice. And if you don't see it, you declare it. Why? Because faith is not what you see, it's trusting that God is good. Are you a follower of the king or not? And in 2023, put the nonsense to the side. Stop being offended by everything. There's a kingdom on the move. Yes, the church might feel like it's shrinking in our country and the country might be going in the wrong direction, but the God that I know is gonna awaken his church to be fully committed followers of Jesus who are not always tired, not always fighting about a political party, not always mean on Facebook, but actually loving their neighbors. This is the calling that we have. Whether it's two locations or five, whether it's two locations or none, Jesus has called you to follow him. You need to move from here to here. This is what you're called to do. Stop the nonsense. Let's do this together. By the way, I'm not saying I'm here. I'm saying I wanna be here. Because when it says rejoice, again I say rejoice, I have a hard time sometimes with that verse. In fact, I don't really like that verse, if I'm bluntly honest with you. I just don't like it. And yet the God that I serve loves me enough not to leave me there. So, y'all with me so far? Let me give you another one. This is from the passage in Acts. You know this story, you've read it before. A lot of verses, but stick with me. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. The jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Can we just stop for a second? But stripped and beaten with rods. The way that we get offended and leave churches and environments is like nowhere near that level. It's, they didn't look at me the right way. I wanted a dark roast, not a decaf. It was not ready for me. (laughs) 
that pastor does not have enough hair to be anointed. He is not, although in Greenville he does. Glory to God, hallelujah. By the way, Matt is Benjamin buttoning it. He's actually anti-aging in time. All right. <laughs> Guys, let's be serious, this is church. All right, he for real is Benjamin. Anyway, by the way, Simpsonville people, Matt is a phenomenal communicator. I would encourage you to listen to, his pod, to, listen to the Greenville podcast on worship because you're gonna get so much stuff out of it. Anyway, uh, where, where, am, where am I? 24. When we received, uh, I don't even know where I am at. Verse 24, I think, right? Yeah. You know? Okay, all right, y'all are so, okay. <clears throat> I am, where's the, where, okay, where the, oh, all right. Oh. <laughs> all right. Raina didn't have one. I have no idea. Uh, how much time do I have? Oh, holy cow. Okay, all right. <laughs> when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and he fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Do you know why they were praying and singing hymns to God? Why they had been beaten and why they had been whipped? Because they don't just know the lamb of God. They don't just know the savior of God. They know the lion of God, the lion of Judah, the lion that roars, the lion that is above all of the names. So what do they do? They declare God's goodness despite what they're feeling and facing. What would happen to us if we did this in our everyday life? Despite what we see, despite what we face, we declare God's goodness. And suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the, of the prison were shaken. Can I tell you something? The prison did not shake. Their worship didn't happen after the prison doors shook. It didn't happen after the miracle happened. The miracle happened after they declared God's goodness. Do you wanna have a miracle in God's life in 2023? Stop being so immature and thinking that it's based on what you see. If you wanna see God move in your life, declare his goodness. You may not see it yet, but you can look back on your life and see his goodness before, can't you? So if he was good before, why won't he be good again? This is an awesome God. So, yeah, okay, I'm so ADD. All right, at once the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose and the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. A mature Christian surrenders everything they have to the Lord. When he had freedom, do you know what he did? He stayed put. Okay, I, I need to stop because I said I wasn't preaching. This became a whole message. All right, I need like a hanky or something. All right, there we go. <laughs> like black marker on my forehead. Verse 29, the jailer called for lights and rushed and fell trembling before Paul and Silas and then he brought them out and he asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all others in the house and at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds and immediately he and his household were all baptized. Men in this church, God wants to do something in your house. Stop allowing your wife to lead the charge spiritually. Stop leaning on her faith to make a way. God has called you to do something significant. Him and his entire house are baptized. And then, and listen, ladies, y'all are still spiritual. Don't give up. Like, keep praying. <laughs> like, for real, don't stop. And then verse 34, the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household were saved. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come back up. 2023 is the year where I want you to know not just the lamb, but I want you to know the lion of God. This is the year where you're gonna become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And you're gonna declare God's goodness. So here's the thing. You may have come in tonight tired. 
I'm not here to make you feel bad. I get tired. You may have come in tonight frustrated, discouraged, holding on by a thread, but guess what you can do tonight? Despite how you feel, you can trust that God is good. And this is the awesome thing about God, ready? He never changes. Think about this for a second. When everything around you changes, there is one who never changes. Governments change hands, economies go up and down, job markets change, families, situations happen. I'm here to tell you something, there is only one place that never changes. His name is God, and he is both the lamb, but he's also the lion. He never changes, he is awesome, and guess what? If he was good yesterday, he's good today. As soon as the sun rises tomorrow, he's good in the morning. So here's our chance, church, to take our focus off of all the things that may be going wrong and to turn and to give him praise tonight and to declare his goodness. And when we declare God's goodness, despite what we see, I'm here to tell you something, it makes an incredible impact in the way we think. And then we can be the Christians that God asked us to be. Leaving, thinking differently. You came in tonight tired, you're gonna leave and say, wait a second, God's got a purpose for me. Because God is changing the way you think. Because you're declaring his goodness. It's not a magic pill, it's not wishing upon a star, it's believing that God is able, despite you, despite the world. He is good. I wanna invite you to stand, and it's gonna take me a half hour to remove these things from stage. So, I have no idea how we're gonna do this in a nice, kind way. Yeah, Gabe, come on. Our student pastor. We're gonna pray for our students at the end of service today, too. But I wanna, this is your time to turn your attention upon our God and declare His goodness in your name. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building His kingdom at therenovation.church.